Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us. We're here with a a very special episode of We Watched a Thing. Why is this one so special? Um... I don't know. It's a request. (laughs) Yep. This is another patron request. This comes from friend of the show, Anna. What has she requested from us this week? 1999. Classic? (laughs) Notting Hill. Yes. And that wasn't her only request. What else did she ask for? She demanded that Beth be here. (laughs) That's right. Hi, (laughs) all. Because like everyone, she likes your sister more than you. (laughs) 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 I'd like to say hello to all my fans. (laughs) It's gone to her head, mate. <laughs> like she's been here like twice, and now all of a sudden she thinks she runs the show. <laughs> when we initially got this request, it was well, like two months ago. Now it was a while ago, and Beth was like, "No, no, no, I'm going. I'm, overseas. I'm going to London. Yes, no, I, I can't. I simply can't." <laughs> so, and I stupidly watched it before she went, uh, and it's now been so long that I've basically forgotten the film. But this will be fun. All right, well, you sit over there quietly. (laughs) It's all right. You guys will kickstart me. I'll remember it as we go. At least one of you hadn't seen it before, right? Yeah. So, Topher, you'd never seen this movie. Hadn't seen it. How? I don't know, because our dad is obsessed with this movie. Didn't feel bad about not having seen it. (laughs) So, I'd definitely seen bits of it before, I assume, because- Dad was watching it. Yeah. Plus, like, there are some bits, I think, that are sort of part of the, you know, pop culture narrative now. When she's saying, you know, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. I didn't know that line. No kidding. You didn't know that line or you didn't know it was from this? I didn't know the line. Oh, really? Jeepers. Wow. Yeah, we'll get to hard. that. Yeah, we'll sure. We'll get to that. <laughs> sure. All right. So, Notting Hill, uh, as Topher said, was made in 1999. It is written by Richard Curtis, uh, famous for Four Weddings and a Funeral, Love Actually. And it was directed by Roger Mitchell. It stars Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts, Reese Ifans in what I think is probably his breakout role. All right, let's 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 get into it. What did you guys think? Yeah, so Notting Hill's a movie in which a film star sexually harasses a bookstore owner and, <laughs> and romance ensues. <laughs> Um, we'll get to that later. I would like to say, though, that in this second meet-cute of this movie before this kiss has occurred, Hugh Grant is walking around carrying this drink like he intentionally wants to accidentally knock it all over someone so that he can fake accidentally grope their boobs in an attempt to fake clean it up. And also the orange juice in that cup somehow, like, triples in the spill. (laughs) It's like a fairly small cup of orange juice and then they are drenched in OJ. (laughs) He's holding it a metre away from his body as he's walking along the street. Oh, is that not how you drink orange juice? <laughs> so Hugh Grant is this guy who runs a bookstore that has no customers. Well, because let us it's not a bookstore. It's a travel bookstore. A specific bookstore. Now, And people, he gets customers, but they come in asking for books. And he's like, we don't sell books here. Like, at some point, doesn't he realise that his business is failing? All I was thinking of was like, okay, so Beth's in London- yeah. When I'm watching this movie, mm. Notting Hill, achievable suburb, is it for someone who has no customers? <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Did anyone else? I haven't seen this movie in quite some time. And, and the first time I watched it, well, certainly the last time I watched it, I hadn't watched Black Books. And I didn't realise Dylan Moran was in it, yeah. which is kind of ironic because he himself is most famous for playing a guy who's, you know, owns a fail, massively failing bookstore. 
I really like the little um, scenes that Richard Curtis has has included in the script for the bookstore. I think they're the kind of things that in some movies might be edited out. You know, in a if if in a big blockbuster you're really looking to cut time out, um, those are the bits you lose because they seemingly don't add anything. Yeah, I um I was a bit tickled when Dylan Moran popped up. He's so young, isn't he? You can still you can see the alcoholic there, but <laughs> still being a miscreant. I mean, everyone's so young in this film. Even Hugh Grant looks fairly young. Well, it's nearly what almost twenty years old now. Yeah, nineteen years. Would you, do you guys reckon that this is uh, like peak Grant? Do you reckon around ninety nine was that is the height of his fame? Because he very much more than anyone I can think of really went up and then down. He like he kind of appeared out of nowhere, was really famous for a while, and then completely dropped. Yeah, off. Yeah, so it's Four Weddings was ninety four, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And then so after this, you've still got About a Boy, you've still got Love, Love Actually. Actually. That's true. They're all very early two thousands though. They're all it's not like he went in this completely kind of period. off the cliff. Yeah, I mean his personal life. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is, is this pre or post? Oh, this has to be. <laughs> this has to be pre hooker. I would have thought so. Richard Curtis does have some sort of familiar tropes with Hugh Grant that he does love to promulgate, and they do occur in this movie as well. Loves Hugh Grant in the rain. Loves Hugh Grant uh, wearing salmon shirts. I mean, could Hugh Grant be any more bumbling? He's just kind of a nincompoop. He's not. We're not talking about Rowan Atkinson levels. I don't think he's bumbling. He's just so British. Oh, 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 I'm 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 terribly sorry. Oh, oh, oh. There is this bit where he says to her, I assure you I've never played anything cool in my life. And you're like, yeah, buddy, no one's questioning (laughs) that. She she accepts it instantly. (laughs) It's more than just being British, though. Like, you look at someone like Colin Firth, he can be charming without- uh, Oh, oh, oh. I don't. I don't see that's Hugh Grant that way. Are you kidding? <laughs> I this think entire, that's Billy I as like, Hugh Grant. I feel like eighty percent of Hugh Grant's dialogue in this movie was just "oh" written over and over again. Oh, oh, oh excuse me, pardon me. Oh, no. It's also good he's got that really flopsy hair, yeah. so everything just sort of feels a little bit more. Yeah, I'd forgotten how bad his hair was. Oh that's no, sure. it's glorious. Oh Jesus. <laughs> you got you got a bit of a thing, do you? I don't really have a thing for Hugh Grant, but he does Grant have very. Very voluminous hair. (laughs) It's funny because there are, like you said, there are good scenes that are left in the film that are fun little just contained scenes, which I don't want cut, but I do want 15, 20 minutes of this film cut. Oh, definitely. It's too long. I'm just going to say, I don't think this is a good movie. Like, even I'm a big rom com fan, and I don't even think this is a good rom com. Interesting. Like, there's one point in the movie where Hugh Grant and Reese Siphons are watching some of Julia Roberts' movies, and they're all, like, really over-the-top bad movies. Yes. And it's like, that would be funny if this was a good movie, but this is, this is a bad movie. I was really surprised. I was really surprised when I found out that you didn't like this movie. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It seems like my kind of movie, but it's just- I just find it not- I don't think it's fun enough for a rom-com. I think it's- Totally above average for a rom-com. Really? Yeah. Wow. I would rather watch What Women Want than this. Oh, That's Jesus. outrageous. <laughs> oh, God. I, um, I, I was surprised. At, I, I was very interested to learn that this was a request, and I don't know whether the request to have me on it was just because I'm beloved by the people <laughs> or whether- Straight to it. <laughs> or whether the request was because someone wanted me to come on and do some kind of feminist- take on it. I'm not quite sure. But I have to say, my memories of it's this requested movie- requested by a made-up person. Let's keep that in mind. <laughs> Anna Scott, the person isn't real. Um, 
I have to say the movie I don't have particularly fond memories of. I mean, it's just another movie in your movie library. But I liked it so much more as an adult. Really? This second time? And I had a lot more empathy for Anna and I liked her a lot more and I understood That's her funny. a lot more. funny. I remember enjoying it as a kid, but watching it, the, I just had no fun with it this mm. time. I don't, I, don't, I don't wouldn't necessarily say I had a lot of fun with it, although I think the funny movie moments are good. Like, there are moments that I think you can really imagine yourself in. Like, when they leave the birthday, the sister's birthday party. Brilliant. And, and you can hear all the friends screaming inside. Like, that is what you would be like in that moment. Or when, she, when William Hugh Grant's sister first meets... Uh, Anna um, and is saying, oh, you know, like I've always, I've always thought that if we knew each other, we would best be best friends. I mean, who hasn't thought about a famous person oh, who yeah. would totally be BFF? I Definitely. really, I who really do you guys like. Think it about. I really like that scene because when she when she comes in, and I just think of her as friend from Vicar of Dibley, whatever her yes, name is Alice. in this. Yep, Alice. Let's go with. Oh, Alice. she's Alice in Vicar of Dibley. Yeah, yeah. So she's, she's honey in this. Yeah, no, she's Alice. Like, <laughs> when she comes in and it and the penny drops, like no one there, no one else on earth can do mortified like the English. It's just pure rolled gold. Yes, the look on her face is just the best. And then when she does, just leap in to Anna Scott. Yes, and it's just the worst. She just nails that scene. It's brilliant. And also when when she goes to the bathroom and they all say to Bernie, you know, oh, it's Anna Scott and he's just been asking her how much money she makes because people in acting make such bad money. (laughs) And his mortification is not overdone, but by the same time, by the same token, sorry, it's so profound. He plays it so well. I was kind of hoping for more there. Like to me, it kind of- it doesn't really work for me that the punchline of that joke is, oh, what an idiot this guy is, just because he doesn't know who she is. I don't think they overplay it, though, do they? It's sort of just this moment on his own where he's like, oh, my oh my God, oh, my God. And then and then Alice goes, oh, Jesus, honey, comes Alice. out anyway <laughs> and, and has followed her into the bathroom. And you can sort of see yourself in this mortified state where you're so overexcited you don't realise you're doing something entirely inappropriate. It must happen to celebrities all the time where, because people aren't, you know, respecting their personal space. Yeah. Um, you know, and if I was in a bathroom with Kristen Bell, I'm sure the same thing would happen. <laughs> Who do you guys think you would be best friends with in the celebrity world? Oh, so many people. Everyone's I'm very charming. It. Most celebrities, I think, would like to be friends with me. <laughs> <laughs> would we say that? <laughs> <laughs> Who do I secretly think I'd be friends with? Hemsworth, you'd be good buddies with him. Too similar. <laughs> People would get you mixed up. You guys must have thought about this. Hasn't everyone had this thought run through their minds? You're too embarrassed to admit it. Oh, God, who is it? Everyone, you can see this look on his face. He knows who it is. He just doesn't want to say it out loud. I don't have one. Oh, come on. <laughs> Actually, Matthew Perry's probably pretty high up there. That oh, yeah? just, I just, the friend's reference. Yeah, I reckon I could get on with Matthew Perry. In the drug den? Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore. Anyway, these guys are giving up very little. I want listeners to write in on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, and confirm who you think your celebrity BFFs would be. I know other people have thought about this other than me. Do you reckon when um when you need to get Julia Roberts to, like, so in, in the whoops-a-daisy scene yeah. when he does it and she laughs, as the director, do you actually say, could you do the Julia Roberts laugh for me, please? <laughs> Or do you just assume it'll come naturally? Well, 
this would have been kind of peak Roberts as well. Like, she was a big star at this point. Well, she was, you know, the figure that she quotes for what she got paid for her last film mm. is what she got paid for Notting Hill. Yeah. Probably less than Hugh Grant got paid, just FYI. Because when she does when she does the laugh on the street, like, it's like Hugh really did just close a box of pearls on her. Yeah. It's like she, she it's, it's the Julia laugh. Roberts laugh. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's really enjoyable. It's it's not a character. Yeah. I think I weirdly grew up not really liking her very much and I don't know where it came from. And I would like to take this opportunity to apologise to Julia <laughs> Roberts because I actually think she's probably pretty bloody great. There's one character in this film which I fail to understand why they were written into it. Is it the restaurateur? Yes. What is he doing there? What is that character? I, well, I wonder whether he had more of a role and they edited him yeah, out. Yeah, I'm thinking- it's all I could think. There has to be deleted scenes yeah. because not only that, you've also got Reese Iphens, British Kramer, who at the very end, Honey is like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged to him. And it's like, hang on. <laughs> How do you guys like even that. know each but other? That's so great. So we have, they're so off kilter. But we have never even seen them together. Reese Ivins hasn't even been at any of these dinners. You that have we've to seen. imagine they would know one another. Like I don't know. Lives- I think they're both that batshit that. It's Either like, way, I just, I just think there had to be deleted scenes. Either way, I buy that. I totally nah. buy it in the <laughs> way that the film is presented. That took now. me so out of it because I was like, "Why are you showing us this?" <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved it. I liked the kind of undercurrent of the other kind of love stories you had dotted throughout because they're all really different to one another. I don't feel like I could tell you about any other love stories. That well, there's the friend. There's the, the the house he goes to for the for the birthday party with the the wife is in the wheelchair and the husband always makes people food they can't eat. They're yeah. lovely. Like I I want to be friends with them. Mm. One little interesting tidbit that came up when they're when they're in bed having the conversation about breasts mm. and they talk about meatloafs. <laughs> and this film came out in 99, same year as Fight Club, with a famous pair of meatloaf. I was like, ah, they wouldn't have known that when they wrote it. Yeah. But these those films presumably came out within months of each other. It's the universe at work there. <laughs> Can I just say that in the scene where the press, the paps are all outside Hugh's door. Yeah, after the newspaper. Yep. yep. And, she goes out, and she goes outside. Stop her from going outside, that, you. I think that is the most unbelievable part of like, the movie. Like, what? Don't stand there and go, no, 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 you shouldn't open the door. Yeah. Don't let the door get open. And, and you know, it, it's also, it's a little bit, it's a flaw in the sort of, you know, believability of narrative, but also in the character development because she she doesn't know him well enough by this point to say to him, oh, you're up to something, um, as if he's tricking her. There's no way that at that point she's opening the door slash she knows this person well enough to know that he's pulling some kind of fantastic trick on her or that he wouldn't throw himself in front of that door to stop her from going through it. It's, 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 I think it's the, it's the sort of weakest part of the, of the movie, but everything sort of hinges on it happening. <laughs> yeah, to me this is one of those movies where I watch it and- I, I don't feel like there was a strong enough story there when the script started getting written. Like, I feel like Richard Curtis had kind of had a half- a He had a premise, story. which is like, oh, okay, this bookshop owner falls in love with a celebrity. And he kind of sat down at his keyboard and started typing, not really knowing where he was going yet well, He at knew that who point. Grant was going to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, well, half the script is, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah, to me, I just feel like that's my biggest flaw with it, is that the, it's a decent premise- but I just feel like it moves through too many things without really feeling like it's got a direction to it. Did hmm. you guys feel that? Yeah, I do. Particularly in 
sort of the back end of the second act, yeah. which is where I would, when I said I wanted the movie to be shorter, well, that's where I'd be cutting. Yeah. Um, there's stuff there that I feel just needs to be, you know, you just sit down in the edit suite and go, okay, hang on. What's the story? Yeah, that's what I feel like. I feel like that because there's no real, there's no real conflict that is natural. You know, you get that moment where he sees Alec Baldwin randomly in the hotel room, which I don't know, could have been a point of conflict, but is somehow pretty quickly brushed aside. And then the thing with the photo just kind of comes out of nowhere and the paparazzi. And that really is very much towards the end of the film. And yet that's the first real, hey, something is happening. But the conflict is like, is the undercurrent of the whole movie is the, the incompatibility of their lives with one another. But that doesn't really play into effect at all. It's not like there's ever this moment where he's like, oh, I'm a book owner and you need to go film this thing and we can't see each other. Really? That's like the whole film. (laughs) But it doesn't doesn't affect them in any real way. But that's what's constantly driving them apart. And her behaviour that she claims at one point is- was was bad, which I disagree with. I think she does herself a disservice there. But um, it, her behaviour is always, it's always driven by her experience as a celebrity, her knowledge that this thing will likely never be possible for her, no matter how much she likes him and thinks they could be happy and no matter how much you see how desperately she craves normalcy. The whole, she's in conflict Almost, I don't, sounds like an after school special, but she's in conflict with herself the entire time. Like, that for me was actually very compelling. Oh, I know. Yeah, her story is sadder than the woman in the wheelchairs. That was Famously. That happened in the film. That was one of the scenes that I had seen before. That is a fantastic scene, the winning of the brownie. It is. Even in the late 90s, I thought Richard Curtis, love actually has a lot of problems <laughs> on the women's scale. Um but I think this movie, interestingly, has a lot of things in the way that it um, exemplifies how shit a time women can have it. Like, she talks about how she's been on a diet forever. She knows she's about to become um, irrelevant in Hollywood because of her age. She has a series of cruel boyfriends who hit her. She has to apologise for everything that she does, even when these are, there are these men talking trash about her and talking about flipping her over in restaurants. She still feels badly after she's done it because she knows that she's going to want be the one to suffer the consequence for it. Um, you know, she even she even verbalises her fear about becoming Rita Hayworth, you know, after she slept with William for the first time, even though he's never displayed traits of sort of treating her in that way. Um, and I thought it was actually quite evolved from that perspective. Did anyone else think that he should have tried to go on a date with Emily Mortimer, the perfect girl? I mean, like, is she perfect? She just laughed about Lamb or something. I thought Emily Mortimer was pretty- I was like, yeah, but you love Emily Mortimer, so this isn't a fair comparison. <laughs> I've only seen Emily Mortimer in two things, including this. <laughs> oh, no, three, Shutter Island. <laughs> yeah, but I know that you're a big newsroom fan. Yeah. She was delightful in the episode I watched last night. <laughs> <laughs> That episode at the hospital with Will, priceless. <laughs> so we we mentioned earlier, so the, the line that you're surprised I didn't know, mm. that's just unkind to make anyone deliver that line. That that line, like Laurence Olivier is not making that line work. <laughs> that is just horrible. No, to tofa, make, to make that like the centrepiece line of a film, that's not on. Mate, I'm just a podcaster. Standing in front of another podcaster. You're stealing my joke from earlier. <laughs> Is that what you're doing? What are you asking? I want to know the end of the line. I think she does act that scene 
very, very well. Though. Oh, I'm I think she say- does the best that you can. Yeah, I'm not it. saying it could be done better. I'm saying there's no way it could be done well. I actually think the better, the more revealing line from that speech is when she's talking about the present and he sort of is going to go to open. She says, don't open it now, I'll be embarrassed. Because it kind of really, um, like, she's so vulnerable in that moment and the extravagance of the gift is, like, really discomforts her because all the things that made her behave at any point badly um, are the things that make her able to be in a position to give it to him in the first place. Yeah. And so this conflict within her is is always really present, and I think she was actually very, very good in that scene. But it is a, it is a horrible line. Yeah, apart from that line, though, I actually don't have too much of a problem with the dialogue in the film. I think most of the dialogue is pretty good, and I do think that there are some good sequences and scenes. Like I said before, my issue is with the flow of the narrative and the story. I just feel like it wasn't fully fleshed out. I actually laughed quite a number of times, and I wasn't I wasn't necessarily expecting it. I just I, I had a really good time rewatching this movie. I was surprised. Uh, that's really funny because my wife and I like we love rom coms. We watch them together a lot, but neither of us really laughed a lot. What about like it's even you know the scene where they're in the movie theater and he's wearing the scuba goggles? Like it's so obvious, but it's still funny. <laughs> I mean, I can I could see you doing it. I was like, Billy would do that. And if I did it, if I did it, it would <laughs> be hilarious. Be it would be charming. I, I wouldn't be sitting there going, oh, oh, oh my scuba like, goggles. Don't waste oh. the bomb on. Stop <laughs> yeah. coming at me. <laughs> yeah, the um the soundtrack to this film. It's the kind of soundtrack you get stuck with in a workplace. Like, I don't know if either of you ever worked in a place, like, you know, retail-wise or something, which had, like, two or three CDs that were, that was it. That was your, that was the soundtrack to your life every day at work. This is one. I lived it with Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh, that soundtrack was everywhere. And this is on the same thing, where, like, even if it is full of nice, gentle, breezy, airy pop songs- on the 376th turn of that CD, you just start clawing at your face. Yeah, the second time Brian Adams came up, I was like, this is too many times for this song. It's too, too many Brian Adams. <laughs> when I was thinking about my rating and I was erring between the two numbers, I did kind of go to the lower one simply because I kept having flashbacks of having to play Ronan Keating in, like, year 10 high school music class. Oh, my God. And this God. movie is the reason why. That song. That fucking song. Oh. I mean, people must have liked it. Yeah. They must have. And otherwise, the garden why. scene where they're together is actually really nicely done and beautifully shot, and she is wonderful in it. And then but, that starts Oh, up. Christ. Oh. Terrible. Oh. Horrible. So it is weird for me that while, like, I want stuff cut from the film, but I'm also defending the little contained scenes that don't necessarily drive the story but are enjoyable, Mm. um, I want this weird collection of those two things to happen. I just want 15 minutes shaved off it. But for the most part, I find this an enjoyable film because I think that, like I said earlier, no one does mortified like the English, but they're also just more naturally charming because- Possibly just because they can speak English, not like us yahoos, and we find it endearing. <laughs> and it is, they are able to do, like, that cringeworthy, there's a moment where he's um, he comes to the Ritz and they mistake him for a reporter and he has to pretend he's from Horse and Hound, which is quite funny, but he says, you know, this is more like a dream sequence than anything else and she says what would happen in the dream sequence and he says you know I would change my personality and lean over and kiss you and it's so I I realized halfway through I was watching between my fingers because it is so awkward to watch he does it so well 
But then he rounds it out with a really good Black Beauty joke at the end. So. That's funny. I didn't feel like that was one of the scenes that was played for awkward. Oh, God. I didn't feel like that was awkward it's at all. so wet. I felt oh. like that was over the top. Look how charming Hugh Grant is. Oh, and no. I don't find him charming. I no, thought I think it was it's meant to be the opposite. She just sat there sort of waiting for him to keep talking because it was so Awkward AF. <laughs> oh, that is not God. how I read that scene. I feel like that's not the intention, though, which is part of I why I don't think the movie works as well as it should, because I don't think the intention of that scene was to be cringy, and yet it is. Oh, I think it's- I think it's very intentionally cringy. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, I am that guy. Like, I, I am Hugh Grant. <laughs> this is why I'm I, struggling to understand why you can't And yet I get don't there. enjoy watching it. I just don't- yeah. It's too close to home. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe because it's so unbelievable, too. Like, <laughs> Well, yes. I could flirt with Julia Roberts till the cows come home. She's not going to kiss me in that press conference. They don't kiss in the press conference. <laughs> no, no they she goes to, though. Only because someone else walks in the Oh, room. you mean in- Sorry, you mean in the- like, In the junket. Scene. Yeah, yeah. The, the junket, yes. I keep saying press conference, you're like, it's a junket. Mate, I'm like, get your terminology <laughs> right. So you're, a, you're an industry person, <laughs> mate. I, I know. I've been to both press conferences and junkets. Like, uh- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have we reached the end of our chat? Yeah, I guess. I was just surprised by how much I liked it. And I did think it raised issues that- well, that weren't ahead of its time. They were obviously happening at the time, but that um, at the time I wouldn't have had as much of a sensibility for or about. And now um, as a, you know, woman in my early 20s, (laughs) 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 which is obvious since I've admitted to being in year 10 in 1999 when it came out. You're closer to 40 than 30. I'm never coming back. (laughs) Um, You know, I think, like, there were issues around, for example, when the tabloid event happens. Yeah. And she's so apologetic from having taken these photos to begin with. Whereas, of course, I mean, women's bodies are objective art in perpetuity anyway. Of course, they're going to make some money off it. Why she should be the one who's saying, I was poor, I'm embarrassed, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's not the one who should be sorry. The people, you know, objectifying and then- you know, exploiting her should be the one apologising, but she still cannot, you know, she still lives. She can't divorce herself, obviously, from the culture in which she lives. And I think that there are things like that that are more prevalent maybe in today's movies that were less so back then, particularly in the context of rom-coms, and I appreciated that. Anyway, I really liked it. I really liked it watching it again at this age. I liked it much more than I remembered liking it. And I'm a total Anna convert. I love you, Anna. <laughs> Hashtag I, Anna for life. I, just, I, I didn't hate it. I just didn't have as much fun as I felt I was supposed to be having watching the movie. Sure. You, Tove? I quite enjoyed it. It was a charming little- Yeah. Charming little movie. What well, Richard Curtis does. Yeah. It's not as good as Four Weddings, but it's a fun little movie. Mm. And by little, I mean they paid one of the leads $22 million for it, so- <laughs> I thought you said $15 million. Was it? It was whatever, whatever she said. Yeah. I was converting it to twenty eighteen dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going with a four. I'm a six. I'm also a six, but for me, it was between a six or a seven, not a five or a six. I thought it was above average. We'll probably watch it again in the next couple of years. Well, there you go, Anna. We hope you enjoyed that, and we hope all of you enjoyed. And thanks for the love, Anna. Thank, thank you all. <laughs> thank you all. <laughs> and you- everyone should check out Rob Brydon's impression of Hugh Grant because it's 
the greatest. Um, you've just heard some great Hugh Grant oh, impressions. Jesus. Yeah, so if you want to hear a great... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, if, if, no, you, you know who you look, you know who you looked and sounded like then. Yourself. You look like Dracula's familiar. That <laughs> Firstly, fuck you. You're not even putting on a British accent. Try, try to say "whoopsie daisy" in a British accent. <laughs> well, now you're all looking at me. Whoopsie daisies. That was totally Hugh Grant. Was it? <laughs> Poor Hugh Grant. Just so that you people at home know, Hugh Grant is not in the studio. <laughs> so you might have thought he was just then. That was actually me. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that shit. Please, please. Now give us your solicitation impression. <laughs> no. Please, no. Um, how much for a bluey? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you want to be like Anna and help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash we watched a thing. If you want to just get in touch with us, you can do that at we watched a thing.com or at we watched a thing at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at we watched a thing. And Topher, what are we going to do next week? Next week is the start of an odyssey. <laughs> it is. It's quite an adventure. You guys are going to love it. Um, I hope to God you. Enjoy listening to it more than we did experiencing it. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about our one-day marathon of the entire Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Beth popped in for a little bit of it. Yeah, I appear, so listen in. <laughs> so, yeah, a four a four-part extravaganza coming your way, and it's an extravaganza of I don't I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Catches. See you. Bye.